Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee was captured by the Lord Jesus as a young man of 19 and later labored side by side with Watchman Nee for parts of three decades before bringing the ministry to the West in 1962. The Life Study of the Bible is a significant contribution to the heritage of Bible exposition, and we're delighted to be able to bring short portions of this spoken ministry to you from the Life Study of Philippians on today's broadcast. Now, let's join today's Life Study. When you hear a word about offering a gift to the Lord, are you full of joy and enlivened by the thought, or do you have feelings similar to that of getting a tooth pulled? Well, we're going to talk about the matter of giving today, but in a way that is much different from how it is normally presented in Christian circles. But it is the way that the Apostle Paul talks about it in Philippians chapter 4. And joining us for fellowship on this enlightening subject, and one in which I think the body of Christ needs a good deal of enlightenment, Francis Ball. Francis, we're glad to have you back on this one. Thank you. I'm always glad to be back in this particular message, I believe, should have a real impact on our listeners. Well, we hope so. You know, yesterday, Francis, we had a marvelous program on the matter of giving and receiving. Uh, We were touching this same uh, portion in Philippians chapter 4. It's sad that such a precious and important matter among God's people has been so spoiled and, I would say, damaged today. To many, this matter of giving has become a deadening experience. But on today's program, I think we'll see that it's really something full of life. Before we join Witness Lee Francis for this life study, maybe you could say something as an introduction about the terms, uh, the words that Paul uses in chapter 4 to indicate how this matter of giving is really related to life. Well, there are some words, some expressions that Paul uses in these few verses here, and particularly throughout the whole book for that matter. I like the word in in verse 10 of this chapter 4. He talks about blossom, their care of their thinking of him had blossomed anew. And, of course, blossoming, you think of something really living, right. coming to full full fruition. And then there are other terms here that I was struck with. When you brought this question up, I just was thinking about uh, how he learned to be content. Uh, contentment is a possibility without having everything you think you need. Mm-hmm. And he learned to be content. So I think that's another indication that this is something really based on life. He also mentioned about learning to be full and learning to lack, learning to bound and learning to uh, be abased. Mm-hmm. Well, how can you do that? That won't go away just by uh, having ample amount of money. Right. But it's a matter of really learning how to live in the Spirit and be one with the Lord in every kind of situation. I've really... Uh, been impressed with this view. He also mentions about seeking fruit to their credit. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is also another indication that this is altogether a matter of life, not seeking more money, but seeking fruit that would abound to their benefit. And there's another term I'd just like to mention, Chris. In these verses, it talks about this giving like this is like a sweet-smelling savor. That's something far different from what we usually think of in giving. 
As you mentioned in the introduction, this is not like taking up a collection, but it's offering a gift to the Lord. There's a lot of difference, and I was taught when I was young, and I always remember hearing, if the ushers will come forward, we'll take the morning offering, or we'll take the morning collection. So this is such a high view of our giving than what we're accustomed to hearing. Paul gave us something here that could really be a blessing to everyone in the matter of life, experiencing Christ in everything, particularly in our offering things in the name of Christ and for Christ and for God's purpose. As we touched this matter yesterday, and now getting into it again, Francis, it's very fresh to me that Paul writing about this is writing uh, from the perspective of the receiver, in this case of the gift. And the need that was met in him was not just his practical, material need, but he was ministered life by the receiving of this gift. So the whole context here is altogether something to do with the fellowship of life with the Lord Jesus. It's really marvelous. And I really look to the Lord with you that the Lord would uplift our concept and our understanding and uh, that this message would be useful in that regard. Mm -hmm. Why don't we join Witness Lee with the first portion? We have to remember that this book is on the experience of Christ. Whatever is uh, written here must be a part of this kind of experience. Here, according to the way the Apostle Paul wrote this portion of the word, you could see blossom is there, fellowship is there, sacrifice to God is there, a sweet odor to God is there, then uh, from God glory comes. Glory comes. By all these words, you could see this matter of giving and receiving of even uh, the material things is uh, here wrapped up with the experience of Christ. It is wrapped up with life from our side. It is wrapped up with glory from God's side. We give and we give in the way of life. And we receive, we receive in the way of life. And this is the fellowship in life. Then the issue is God's glory comes out. Here is a record concerning the giving and receiving of material things, yet the Apostle Paul uses all these terms, blossom and fellowship and sweet odor, sacrifice to God, even glory from God to us, even to bring us into God's glory, to enjoy His splendor. This is the experience of Christ. No doubt those saints in Philippi, they gave the material gifts to the Apostle Paul. They give in life. They give in Christ. They give with Christ. So when this material gift reached at Paul's side, Paul enjoyed the ministry of life the ministry of comfort, the ministry of life supply. Then when Paul answered them with such a writing, Maya, if you were there at Philippi receiving this letter, I do believe we all will read a hundred times. Maya, 
Paul's answering to their gift was not only ministry of life, but that time to that one church in Philippi. I tell you, this portion of the word is still ministering life to thousands, millions, hundreds of churches today on this earth. Francis, I hope we can really uh, get into the preciousness of what Witness Lee is bringing out here. Because the proper understanding of giving in life is hard to find today. When we give, though, as he described here, I like this phrase, in Christ and with Christ, God's glory and God's splendor is upon the giver as well as upon the one receiving the gift. And the ministry of life goes on supplying hundreds, thousands, even millions, as it has from Paul's writing here so many uh, centuries ago. This is in such contrast to the spoiled degraded situation that exists today. It's quite striking, isn't it? It really is, Chris, because it seems to me like the matter of giving has reached a kind of a low level of begging for gifts or giving out of a kind of a necessity or try to meet another person's need without any consideration of Christ, just in a human way. Or we're giving because we get that taken off of our income tax. All these things are very low thoughts about giving compared to what uh, Paul has opened up in Philippians. I agree with uh, what Brother Lee just said, and that is that if we were the recipients of this letter, we would read it over and over and over again. And I think we should do this, right? because this whole book on Philippians is on the matter of experiencing Christ as life. And this is one way of experiencing Christ as life. To give in Christ is really to give for God and for His interest. And it brings in God's glory, and not only for our enjoyment, but also for God's glorification. This kind of giving is a benefit all the way around. God gets glory. We get satisfied by the giving, and the, and the others get blessed. It's just a, something of life really multiplying again and again. Francis, I don't know if I should bring this up, but Paul goes on to say to the giving ones that I know that God will supply all of your need. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Many times, though, today, this verse is brought in in a way that almost causes a, a reaction in me, and I don't know if it's proper or not, but our motive really shouldn't even be that, that in so giving, we expect God now will bless us. That does turn out to be the case. That's God's promise. But when that becomes uh, dangled as a kind of a carrot to get us to give more, uh, that's not that satisfying. No, it isn't, and uh, it's not what the apostle intended at all. He meant that what you get out of this will be very satisfying to you and me and glorifying to God. So I think this is such a high concept and realization of what it is to give in Christ, with Christ, and according to Christ. Well, let's go on. We want to look at a couple more verses, Francis, uh, verses 19 and 20 in the same chapter 4. And my God, as we just pointed out, will fill your every need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now, to our God and Father, be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's go back to Witness Lee. I would uh, ask you to reconsider these two verses, 19 and 20. I don't think, uh, beside the Apostle Paul, another one could uh, compose these two verses. These two verses are composed too, too wonderful. It is composed very subjective, very intimate, and very glorious. Paul says, my God shall 
fulfill every need of yours. My God, you give to me. Actually, he receives. You give to me. Actually, I don't owe you. So, he has the obligation to pay you back. Why? Because I and he, and he and I are in a kind of partnership. We two are partners in his heavenly enterprise. That is, in his economy on this earth. So, if you give me, that means he is indebted. He owes you. And he will pay you back. This is the thought. Maya, we have to realize, unless we do this kind of giving in Christ, we could never get God indebted. So, this very God, in this instant, is my God. My God shall fill every need of yours according to his riches. Not according to what I, Paul, have. You see, I cannot repay you. I have nothing. But he will repay you, and he will repay you not according to what you give him. But according to his riches, you may give him just one fold, yet he will repay you hundredfold. I tell you, if you have ever had this kind of experience in giving, eventually God pays you. I tell you, God repay always bring us into his splendor. Always, always, every time. Everyone who lives Christ, who magnifies Christ, all need to have this kind of experiences. The experiences of giving something to God for God's interest. And you will see, He repays you. And His repay brings you into the enjoyment of His glorious expression in His splendor. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. This is not just a kind of a generosity. You are so generous, so you like to give, you like to donate, you like to sacrifice. No, this is an experience of Christ because you give not in yourself. You give in Christ. You see? You give in Christ. I tell you, your material gift once goes through Christ, it becomes life. It becomes something blossoming. It becomes a kind of life fellowship. It becomes some sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And not only so, this will bring God's glory down to you. Once your material gift gets through Christ, it becomes the life supply becomes life fellowship. It becomes something blossoming. It also becomes something so sweet to God. And then it brings back from God to you His glory and brings you into God's splendor. I tell you, what is this? This is the experience of Christ in giving material things to the Lord's interest. This is very meaningful. Francis, you touched it a moment ago, now hearing him speak it. This matter of giving material things to the Lord for his interests, it's a wonderful thing. 
give us a practical definition, if you would, of what it means to give in Christ and through Christ so that all of our listeners can experience this blossoming and the glory that Paul speaks of here. Well, for one thing, we really had something shown to us in this speaking that this is much higher than the things we've mentioned already. And it brings us into another realm of what it is to experience Christ by material giving. It's not something that we just do because it meets a certain need, and neither is it just to support some kind of work. But it's really in the enjoyment of Christ and because we love Christ and because we are in Christ and we're wanting to do everything in and through Christ, our giving becomes a part of our living. So it's a life matter, as we saw before. It's an experience of Christ, and it's a realization that everything is from him and to him so that we don't obligate God, but we give and we receive kinds of blessings that you could never balance with any kind of financial or material giving. This has opened up a whole new realm for us. If we Christians could realize what it is to be in Christ in our giving, our whole concept of giving things for God's interest would be changed. Let's go on to the closing of this book of Philippians and the Apostle Paul's final greeting in the last two verses. Chapter 4, verses 21 and 22 say this, Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you, and all the saints greet you, and especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Francis, there are some key phrases here that Witness Lee will touch in this final portion. Let's join him for that. Right after verses 18, 19, 20, then you have the greeting in verse 21. Paul's greeting given to all the saints. I do believe what was in him when he wrote this greeting was God's rich supply and God's glory. The brothers who are with me greet you, also greet you in Christ Jesus. All the saints greet you, verse 22, and especially those of Caesar's household. My, this is a big puzzle. It is also a big encouragement. Could you believe the house of Caesar, that means the house of Nero, had some brothers there. You could see, my, what a victory. It's worthwhile to have a fellowship resulting in such a furtherance of God's move on this earth. So Paul purposely referred to this. The saints, all the saints here in Rome, great to you, and especially those of Caesar's household. Then, the last word of this book is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be with your spirit. What is the uh, grace? The grace is God in Christ as our supply and enjoyment conveyed to us and realized through the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. This is the grace. Where? With your spirit. That means in your spirit. Your spirit. No argument. 
Some would say, this is the spirit of God. No, it says your spirit. Oh, to exercise our spirit is the secret, is the unique way to participate in the grace which is the triune God in your spirit. Francis, if we have time, there are a couple of things that I would ask you to comment on, things that touched me here. Some in Caesar's household actually had gotten saved and were participating in the Apostle Paul's greetings. This was quite a word that he gave back to the Philippians, wasn't it? You consider the greeting coming from Paul, they would expect that. Right. But here now, some even in Caesar, Caesar Nero's household, of course, that could include more than just his family, but it's very likely it did include members of his family that got saved while Paul was there. So that is quite an impact in the greeting that he gave them here at the end of this epistle. Yeah, it in some way indicates that this uh, supply, this giving, uh, was producing fruit on the other end, wasn't That's it? That's right. That's a marvel. Let's try the uh, the other point that I wanted you to comment on. The Apostle Paul's concluding word emphasizes that the grace of the Lord is, and this is key, with our spirit. Give us your final thoughts on this word. Well, this is a marvelous verse. The spirit here is our regenerated spirit, indwelt by the spirit of Christ. It's in this spirit of ours that we enjoy Christ and we experience him even as Paul did. Many Christians today have missed the mark of the regenerated spirit, our human spirit. They speak much about the Holy Spirit, but not of the human spirit. Because of this neglect, Chris, of the regenerated human spirit, there is very little experience of Christ or enjoyment of the all-inclusive grace that Paul mentions here. We all know that man has uh, three parts, the spirit, the soul, and the body. And we know bodily exercise is necessary and profitable. When I exercise physically, I sleep better. And there's not much use to talking about the exercise of the mind. That's with us all the time. But there is a great need to emphasize the need to exercise our human spirit. And it's the point that's been missed by many, many Christians. I have to confess, it was years of a Christian life, trying to live a kind of Christian life without an awareness of my spirit. But in this ministry that we've been hearing, we got from Brother Lee, he didn't invent any words. He just used the words that were in the Bible all the time that we missed. We do have a spirit. I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body may be preserved, complete, till the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This verse in 1 Thessalonians 5.23 makes it very clear that we have a spirit in addition to our soul and our body. So this is the part we need to exercise. Yeah, it it seems without that understanding, if we interpret this uh, matter as the Holy Spirit here, then our experience of grace would only then be when God uh, had an inclination that, okay, it's time for us to experience grace. But if we understand that grace is with our spirit all the time, because Christ is there. Whenever we contact Christ in our spirit, right. there will be an experience of grace. That's right. Quite a difference. And that's quite a difference and a marvelous difference in our experience. And one worthy of exploration in a future program. Let's come back to it, Francis. Very good. Uh, we will uh, wrap up today here and give you our toll-free number, invite you your uh, comments and calls. Uh, it is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888 543 
888-528-3788. When you call us, be sure and ask about these life study messages that are included in the volume of the life study of Philippians we're presently dealing with. That's volume number two. These two messages from yesterday and today on this matter of giving really deserve the consideration, I think, of every member of the body of Christ to have this whole area of their Christian living uplifted to the view that we had presented in these last two programs. And as well, we have some other writings and resources from Living Stream Ministry that we would like to send along to you on this topic. Once again, our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. You can write to us, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814 or send your email to radio at lsm.org. And we'll return tomorrow for another life study message from the Book of Philippians. For Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Testament is a marvelous and clear revelation of God's purpose and plan. In 1984, Witness Lee spoke a series of 51 messages based on God's New Testament economy, which is his plan to dispense himself into his chosen, redeemed, and regenerated people as their life and everything to produce the body of Christ, which is his corporate expression as golden lampstands in this age and ultimately as the New Jerusalem for eternity. These messages have been printed in the book God's New Testament Economy. God's New Testament Economy by Witness Lee from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere, or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788.